Friday morning. Welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder, and we are coming to you today once again via Zoom technology. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps. My three guests with me this morning, Lionel Chitty, Executive Director of the Hicksville Chamber of Commerce, Len Margolis, President of the Locust Valley Chamber of Commerce, and David Friedman, President of the Hewlett Woodmere Business Association. Len, welcome to Chamber Chatter. We've uh, been working on having you on the program for some time, so I'm happy to have you here. Thank you. And Lionel and David, welcome back to Chamber Chatter. Thank you. Thank Great you. Mark. Good to see you. Nice to have you guys with us. So what we have here is one representative from the North Shore, one from the Middle Island, and one from the South Shore communities of Nassau County. And uh, an awful lot has changed in the last six months. But let's start by talking about the communities that you all represent. Uh, Len, first time on the program. Okay. Locust Valley is about five miles north of the WCWP studios on the LIU campus in Brookville. Correct. Uh, now, I know a lot about most of the towns in Nassau County. However, I don't know anything about Locust Valley, except that uh, on your website, it says you're a small town with a big personality. <laughs> okay. That's so what can you tell our listening audience who maybe like me still have a lot to learn about your Hamlet? Sure. Uh, thank you. Appreciate you having me on this uh, show this morning. Um, so Locust Valley is a very, very small little hamlet. It's in the township of uh, Oyster Bay. It's nestled between two towns that most people would recognize of uh, Glen Cove and Oyster Bay. Um, we are, you know, comprised mostly of small, uh, very, very small mom and pop uh, type stores. Um, not a lot. There's, I don't think there's one big corporate store in the town except for maybe real estate. Um, you know, like Daniel Sullivan. Otherwise, it's all uh, small entrepreneurs like myself um, who run their shops uh, as diligently as we can. Obviously, like you said, in this COVID era, um, it's become a challenge uh, to navigate under these conditions. What is your Chamber of Commerce like? in terms of participation? Is it an active group? Um, so, you know, on, an, uh, on a yearly basis, we probably average about 100 different businesses uh, that are part of my membership. Um, that is something that we would certainly like to increase. There are definitely more businesses in the area here that are here that did decide to hang, you know, their business uh, nameplate here and are comprised of the 11560 uh, zip code. And uh, that's one thing that we've worked, tried to work on for the last 20 some, some odd years to get more membership uh, here, which of course, by having more membership, it would allow us to do more things for the community. Um, some of the main things that the chamber does is, you know, advertising and, you know, trying to, uh, uh, do different uh, events during the year um, that hopefully uh, brings, you know, commerce uh, to the town by uh, bringing more customers uh, to the area. 
for these events, but of course with COVID, um, that's something we've had to postpone um, so far all of our events this year due to um, the inability to, I guess, police the number of people that come here. Basically. Yeah, that's, that's not unusual and we'll hear a little bit more about that. Uh, one question I did have is, do you find that most of your support comes from the local community or do you have a lot of shoppers and visitors who are um, coming to you as sort of a destination small town community? Uh, I'm going to say uh, probably primarily it's from people that are local shoppers. Uh, like you said, and um, there are not a lot of people that know of Locust Alley. Um, you know, and, and it's a double-edged sword because, of course, the residents want to keep it to be a very small, quiet little hamlet unto their own, but um, it's hard to for us small shopkeepers just to depend upon them um, to keep us in business. Um, it makes, you know, makes sense. Of course, we want more people to come here, but that, of course, comes with congestion and, uh, you know, uh, Locust Valley is you know, the main uh, area of where the businesses are, are two main streets and they're basically uh, single lane in each direction. So when a truck comes in this area, it's very, very difficult for cars to pass on either, either side. Hmm. I'll have to head up there after this uh, radio show and check it out. Well, we'd be uh, more than happy to see you and welcome you here. Thank you, Len. Lionel Chitty, um, immediate past president of the Hicksville Chamber of Commerce. I think something like 10 years, if I'm not correct. No, just about 10 years. I, I just tallied up now with the new position. I've been with the chamber about 12 years now. Wow. And now you're the executive director of the chamber. Um, the last time we had you on the program was over a year ago. Yep. Pre-pandemic. Pre <laughs> um, how is the diverse Hicksville business community dealing with a COVID-19 world? Well, it's been tough. Um, unlike Locust Valley, Hicksville, we have the largest uh, train station on Long Island. Um, a lot of our uh, business was derived from that along with the local community, uh, heavy uh, traffic roads, 106, 107, and uh, um, Old Country Road. Um, a lot of our restaurants took a very big hit, a very big hit. We've had uh, quite a few that have shuttered right now. Uh, we've tried our best to support them as much as possible. Uh, the reopening has been a challenge also, but we have some people who are very successful thinking outside the box. Uh, a lot of the businesses up themselves on their technology, uh, curbside drop-off, takeout, things of that nature. We've also been working directly with the Broadway Mall, who started helping us raise some funds for uh, websites, things of that nature, by doing um, um, drive-in theater movies in their parking lot. But again, it's been very tough. A lot of our traffic has been diminished, but we're slowly getting back to the path of reopening and just trying to make sure that we can push as much information out to our, um, our members as possible. Again, working with our local community and those members to make sure that either whether it's idle loans, whether it's paycheck protection program and or looking at the forgiveness portion of that, we've been doing whatever we can to make sure we can support them as much as possible. You, you're a community that um, businesses have really leaned on the chamber over the years. Do you find uh, even more so now? Are they looking to you for some direction and guidance? Uh, yes, they do. Again, we are a resource for businesses and we've morphed it over the years since I've been there as to also helping community members because again, those are the people that uh, uh, 
our patron, our local stores, they're a local patronage. So we just try to bring everything together, working with our local separate groups and also the community council. Um, again, just trying to get everybody on the same page in order to find who's open, who's not, and just trying to take as much information in as we can and get that back out to the community. Okay, David Friedman, as president of the Hewlett Woodmere Business Association, you oversee two communities, uh, both which were hit hard by COVID-19, but especially Woodmere. Um, how are your communities responding to the pandemic? Well, we have, uh, luckily, we have a lot of very smart people here and a lot of community-oriented people here. Um, we've been uh, doing a lot of things. People think that during COVID, everybody's just sitting home binge-watching TV. Our people have been busier than ever. Uh, some of the things that we've been doing, um, we were able to procure large amounts of sanitizer and various uh, protection equipment, uh, gloves and masks and things like that. Uh, one of the things that we did, we wanted people to stay home and yet we wanted to support the restaurants. So one of the things we did with our good friend Blair Longaro from the school district is they set up a Feeding Local Heroes program where uh, local residents donated $70,000 to purchase meals that were purchased from our local restaurants and those meals were delivered to first responders and people on the front lines, everything from police precincts to firehouses, pharmacy workers, postal workers, things of that nature. Um, we've gotten the word out there about testing. We've uh, had a lot of testing in the area as well. Um, we've really been trying to find out what we can do to help residents and the businesses as well. Um, we, at this point right now, luckily as things progressed, um, we have 13 of our restaurants have outdoor dining. Uh, the town of Hempstead has been really good with that. They waived the fees for permits. They've had inspectors come out and work with our restaurant owners to lay out the uh, tables and the dimensions of everything and the protection. Uh, so that's been really successful. Um, our school system has just reopened. We're on a various you know, type of hybrid programs. One of the things we did in our area is we figured a lot of the people who were not working, especially in the grab and go meal programs, had a need for groceries to cook, you know, prepare meals for their own family. So working with our endowment fund, which I'm also on the board, um, we purchased $7,000 worth of food cards from uh, Food Town and King Cullen and the ownership of those two chains also donated an additional 20% free. So uh, we've been giving those cards out at the schools to the families in need. And we've really been trying to work, you know, as you know, we're kind of the unpaid mayor's office since we're unincorporated hamlets here. So in addition to being a chamber of commerce, we're also the mayor's office, the tourist bureau, uh, we're the liaison with government agencies. Uh, I'm on the, uh, Commissioner Pat Ryder's uh, Police Commission Community Council. So we do a lot of these functions and we're really just trying to keep everybody going and make it through this terrible tragedy we've been going through. David, I've worked with you before and I will say you, um, what you do for your communities is remarkable. The amount of time and energy that you put into your position there as president is, uh, is really remarkable. Um, you said you raised right. seventy thousand dollars. 
And uh, where did, that came from the residents? All from local residents. Um, uh, Blair, who's a terrific uh, lady who's with our school district and her husband is in law enforcement. And she just said one day, we really need to keep these restaurants going and help these the, the first responders that are working and can't get out for meals. And um, she set this up and we did a lot of publicity and it was very successful. Uh, we do have some good news, uh, Mark. I thank you and I thank MapTunes, uh, even though you know it, it took a while because of the fact we've been going through the pandemic. But um, since we did our MapTunes maps and we were able to get your generous contribution towards our Veterans Plaza, uh, as of last week, uh, our Hewlett Veterans Memorial Plaza now has a beautiful new Welcome to Hewlett Woodmere sign up. Um, in addition to that, we were able to put the names of all of our nonprofit, all volunteer community organizations on that sign. So people coming into town are not only get a great welcome, but they see the organizations that we work with, such as the Kiwanis, and, and the, we've worked with the, the Chabad, we've worked with the uh, St. Joseph's uh, uh, Church, um, uh, Knights of Columbus, uh, the fire department, so many great organizations that have really helped everyone through all this. And um, people have been driving up and down Broadway saying, wow, something good for a change. You know, we're trying to keep people upbeat and support the community and, and make it through this. And we just give the the basic message, we're all in this together, the businesses, the residents, the schools, the hospitals, uh, all the organizations, and we're just all really trying to pitch in and, and make it through this and keep our businesses, uh, you know, uh, alive during this period. Thank you. Uh, you mentioned uh, the schools reopening. We're just a couple of weeks into it. Um, Len, how is the school reopening for the Locust Valley um, District going right now? What's your take on it? Um, so far, uh, everything is going uh, as they planned, and there have not been any uh, outbreaks. So they're pretty happy with uh, the results so far, and hopefully that continues going forward, that there won't be any uh, outbreaks. Good. Fingers crossed. Uh, Lionel, yeah. how about Hicksville? How's uh, the reopening going there? It's, it's going well. We had some people that were concerned, but the superintendent and the school district has stepped up to the plate. Um, everything's so far, so good. It's been quiet, uh, no major complaints, but uh, we still have some people that are skittish, you know, regarding, you know, having your kids on the bus, things of that nature, but the district itself has been uh, uh, right there, uh, ready and uh, prepared to take care. And they're doing both in class and at home teaching? Yep. Is that, uh, Len, same thing for you? Yes. Yeah, and uh, David, you had mentioned. Okay, great. So uh, when we return, we're gonna have some fun playing Genie in the Bottle. And we're going to find out what three wishes our business leaders have for their business group. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter, it's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app. With over 25 discounts island-wide, download the MapTunes app, that's MapTunes, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S, or you can visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. 
My three guests with me today, Lionel Chitty, who is the executive director of the Hicksville Chamber of Commerce, Len Margolis, he's the president of the Locust Valley Chamber of Commerce, and David Friedman, president of the Hewlett Woodmere Business Association. All right, it's time to play Genie in a Bottle, and this is where we find out what your three wishes are for your business organization. So Lionel, uh, you were on the program last June when we first introduced this segment, and here's what you wished for. <laughs> you <Well>, remember it. <laughs> I did my homework. One, you wished for a decent-sized, dedicated office space. Number two, a small business fund. And three, you wanted your chamber to get younger. Fifteen months later, how are you doing in those three areas? Well, again, COVID hit. And um, right now, I don't think we really need the office space because everything's Zoom. And it's actually pretty good because that gives us the opportunity to reach out to more people. Um, now my, my, my three wishes are, uh, more well, members. Hold on, hold on. Not so fast. I'm trying to get away from it. <laughs> well, no, I wanted to ask because I love the idea of the small business fund because it was a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, but that may have, that may have sort of taken care of itself through COVID-19 with all these monies that have been av made available to small businesses. Is that correct? Well, uh, part of that, um, we'll still be needing that. And that's been, uh, one of the key portions of our downtown revitalization project we've been working on. And uh, with the $10 million portion, uh, we worked diligently with the Town of Oyster Bay administration to see if we can actually have a small business fund, either for uh, facade improvements or any other smaller items that might be uh, applicable to help some of the small businesses. Because again, our downtown is um, one of our key pieces that we have that we've been working on for well over a decade now. So that still might be an opportunity for us. Okay, let's talk about your three wishes for the chamber today. Right now, I've got down more members because the more members we have, the more we can get input and the more we can do. How many uh, do you have right now? You, you, right, now usually... it's two, right now, it's at about, uh, just took a look, it's at 228. But yeah, again, uh, we're not looking to beat anybody up because again, we do understand things are pretty hard right now. We do have quite a few nonprofits that are also members. Uh, my number two is for our downtown to be done. Uh, like I said before, and if you haven't noticed that, um, They've been talking about revitalizing the downtown area in Hicksville for since 1969, and I was born in 68. But uh, we're closer than ever. Uh, the towns have been working directly with us. The residents uh, have been participating, and we think something's going to happen soon. But uh, there'll be some rezoning that needs to be done, but we're definitely working on that. What's, and, uh, if you don't mind me just jumping in here, yeah. what's the problem there? What, um, is this all just bureaucratic red tape? It's, it's, you've got the county, the state, and, um, and the town involved. Uh, everybody's still on the same track, but as uh, David mentioned, we're not an incorporated village. So anything that the town needs to do, needs to be done town-wide. And they have to pull an input from across the entire town. And it is challenging. Uh, we were waiting on a uh, traffic study, which the county did complete. That got uh, held up a little bit. Nothing here nor there as far as any blame going. But uh, things are slowly moving. And listen, when you've got three separate entities trying to work together, but they're still on the same track, it is going to take some time. Okay. And? Um, next, more resources for our chambers, for our members. I mean, one, even that even came more to light with COVID. Um, you know, the good thing is that we're able to not just be limited to Nassau County. We can reach out to uh, organizations in the city, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Department of Commerce. Uh, any other resources that are out there as far as technical assistance to help people with these idle loans, 
uh, the Paycheck Protection Program. I've uh, even gotten uh, information, uh, quite sure you remember Stephanie Sakenis. She's of been course. working with the Greenwich Chamber of Commerce. She gave us a lot of information uh, just because it was a different state and their uh, some of their uh, legal uh, issues weren't as deep as they are in New York. So we were able to reach out to them. But again, I'm always- For our for listeners, Lionel, for our yes. listeners, Stephanie was a former uh, executive secretary of the Chamber of Commerce. Is that right? She was the executive director for the chamber. Executive director, right. Okay. Going back, no. sorry about that. I just want to make sure our listeners didn't get lost there. No, 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 no worries. No worries. But again, the more resources we can have, and it's challenging. You do have a lot of mom and pops here, and it's always been the back end that's always the toughest. So- always looking for more resources so that people our businesses can be more nimble, more agile, be able to think outside the box, whether it's marketing themselves, access to capital, or even just those back office items. Whatever resources we can get our hands on, we're always looking for more. All right. Three good wishes. Let's, we're going to check on you in 15 months again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Len Margolis, um, let me paint a picture here for you. Uh, you're at the Nassau Country Club playing a round of golf. I don't know if you're a golfer, but let's just assume you are. Okay. And you spot a lantern in a sand trap. You pick it up, open the lantern, and out pops a genie offering you three wishes for the chamber. What are they? Um, well, with our chamber, um, we would, again, also, um, like Lionel, we would love to have an increased membership size. Um, we always feel that... Uh, that there's probably at least 200 plus businesses in this area and only half of them belong to our uh, organization. And it would always be nice for everybody to be united uh, and standing to help make this a better place than we see it right now, for sure. Um, Do you have a lot of people who work from home, by the way? A lot of home-based businesses? No. Uh, well, all, all of the people that are you know, we do have a couple of nonprofit organizations, but, you know, the majority of my membership are people that are own small stores in the area or shops that uh, could be auto body to, like myself, a jewelry store or real estate. But mostly uh, everybody is working from from not too many. Uh, thank God, not too many stores have, have shut down during COVID. Uh, we did lose a couple, but not uh, not that many. Len, uh, there's an invaluable database called Reference USA. Yes. And if you went there on your website, I think you can access it through the library or maybe directly. But if you were to put in your zip code, you could get a list of all the people who work from home that you may not even be aware of. Wow. Maybe a mailing out to that, those businesses, whether it's um, an electrician who works from home or it's a party planner or a, a plumber. Um, there's a whole host of businesses that work from home that you may not even know about, but Reference USA is a great resource for you to find out who, who's working from home in Locust Valley. Well, that's a, that was Reference USA? Yeah. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. And then, uh, so that was number one. Uh, what else you got for us, for your three wishes? Um, my other wish would be um, to, you know, to by having the increased membership of course we'd have more funds to advertise uh the area um and therefore you know we would love to have more commerce here by having uh, more events and uh telling people the story about locust alley because it's a beautiful little hamlet that not too many people uh know about 
Um, and when they come here, they think it's a charming little area that's very quaint and sort of like stuck in time. Yeah, I've actually been there once or twice just to drive through, but you, you nailed it. That's exactly what it's like. Beautiful community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, David, here's a picture I'll paint for you. You're at Grant Park, and you spot a bottle floating in the pond there. Pop it open, pull it out of the water, pop it open, and out comes a genie offering three wishes for the HWBA, Hewlett Woodmere Business Association. What are you wishing for? Well, Mark, uh, my, my first most obvious response is to get the paddle boats back at Grand Park, which we had for many years. Uh, that may be a reality again at some point, but right now, due to insurance problems, I don't think we'll see that. Uh, we're, we're really we're looking to increase our membership. Uh, we have about 250 members now. We've actually opened several new businesses during all the pandemic difficulties, uh, a couple of restaurants and a pet care place. Um, we did do Reference USA and found that there are about 1,100 registered businesses that show, even though they may not all be active, and some of those may be home-based. We've actually included some home-based businesses in our new membership, uh, several, uh, one, an architect, uh, we've got a couple of home inspection services and some people that do uh, other types of uh, promotional work out of their homes. So we're looking towards getting back to normal. Uh, we're looking towards getting back to our Memorial Day Parade, which is a fantastic event that involves the whole community, all the first responders. We're also looking to get back into our Arch Below Sunrise Festival, which has over 4,000 people, the Steam Festival, food trucks, school exhibits, local organizations. Um, you know, we, we want to get back in the swing of things. We also, one of the things that we have on our wish list has been and still is in effect now is to get the town of Hempstead and Nassau County to get some type of a holiday street lighting program completed. Uh, some of the things we have going, but we really need something going all the way down our main strip and go all the way down. Was that three? I believe so. That was three. Okay. I didn't know me. I can come up with tons more, but I don't know. No, that's okay. I like the boat one. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. So I have a question for each one of you. On Lionel, I'm going to start with you, but I'm going to ask each one of you to kind of be clairvoyant here and try to predict the future. Lionel, where do you see Hicksville a year from now? I see Hicksville with some construction going on, uh, again, to put together that downtown. I see a, vib a vibrant people coming out, our parks, uh, some food trucks, some different activities coming back. And I'm hoping to see a lot of educational seminars and opportunities for our small businesses. Um, when I look at them, I want to make sure they're resilient, that they understand what's going on. Having help us if something like this happens again, I want as many of them to be prepared as possible to make sure that they can sustain, uh, to make sure everything's correct, that they do need to apply for specific funding, that they have the inventory or they can pivot quickly in order to make sure that they can uh, respond and adapt quickly because anything can happen. And I just want to make sure that these businesses are able to survive. And I, I, I also see a better sense of community 
Um, even though we do have a lot of commuters coming in, but we want to be able to capture those communities so they can start patronizing some of our local businesses. And also more millennials out there, you know, doing what they got to do, some more entrepreneurship as far as they're concerned. And again, just get things going a little bit more, uh, get that base continue to grow and grow and uh, have a nice downtown for the area. It deserves it. What's going to happen in the old uh, Sears uh, shopping center there? Uh, there was just a uh, hearing uh, this uh, actually uh, yesterday, actually, and uh, we're going to see what happened. They did a presentation. The uh, developer came back with sabotage, and I believe they lowered the number of the uh, units that they were looking at. And a lot of people are still concerned about traffic. But at the end of the day, most people do realize that Sears cannot sit there vacant with an empty building, an empty parking lot too much longer. We're talking about 26 acres. So um, we're hoping things go well and that something sufficient does go there in order to give a little bit more of a boost to the community. So the plan, the proposal yesterday was for what? That is for uh, mixed use, um, uh, several hundred apartments. I think there were at about 400 apartments, uh, a boutique movie theater and some other amenities to encompass that in specific 26 acres and uh, some nice amenities and uh, more, more residential units. Okay. Len, have you give, given it any thought where Locust Valley will be a year from now? Um, that's, a, that's a very tough question, a very good question. You know, um, hopefully uh, we have been seeing, uh, based on my discussions with a lot of the real estate companies out here, that there have been um, many new uh, uh, people moving out from uh, the city to here for res full-time residency where they used to have um, just coming here for vac small vacations and things. Um, so we're hoping that, you know, with the increase uh, in the community that uh, there'll be a lot more potential customers that will be able to frequent our shops and create uh, uh, more business that way for us. Um, but without a vaccine, I think a lot of people are still um, a little nervous about going out, no matter how much, you know, all the stores, uh, you know, try to keep on top of uh, keeping everything clean and safe for everybody. It's still uh, nerve wracking for people. Hmm. David, we have a quick minute before we're going to take a break. Uh, your thoughts on where you'll be in September 2021? Well, you know, getting back to normal as much as possible. Um, one of the programs that we would like to get restarted as soon as everybody's healthy again is our kids night out program where we have uh, basketball and swimming and a lot of activities for the kids. And this is a program that we've been sponsoring for years because it enables the parents to drop the kids off at the school and go out on Saturday night to all of our local restaurants and dessert and coffee establishments. Um, we'd like to get the uh, continued improvements. We've been working with the uh, Nassau County Parks Department and they're actually working on these things now. And I hope to see all of those improvements in North Woodmere Park and Grand Park completed because they enhance our community. Really get business in the community back running at full blast. That, that really is our, our thing safely, of course, because we want everyone to be healthy. Sure. Okay. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we're going to ask a leader. And that's where I stop asking the question. Let each one of our guests take the mic. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org.
Okay, we're back. I'm Mark Snyder, and this is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by Maptoon's Long Island Chamber Maps. Okay, it's time to play Ask a Leader, and this is where I turn over the microphone to let our guest speak to one another. Lionel Chitty, you're the executive director of the Hicksville Chamber of Commerce. Do you have a question for Len Margolis, who is the president of the Locust Valley Chamber, or David Friedman, who's the president of the Hewlett Woodmere Business Association? I've got same question for both of you. Uh, being a chamber president or business association president, what do you think is the most important role that you play as that organization's leader? David, you want to run with that one first? Um, sure. Um, I think making sure that everything is organized. Um, one of the things that we do is we have monthly board meetings, always in local restaurants. Um, making sure, one of the things I did, I've been president for quite some time now. One of the first things I did when I came in was to make sure that we had a full board that every person on that board had a specific function. Uh, some people, especially in retail, have a lot of time behind the counter and where others of us who work in offices can get out into town more. Um, so we basically went around the room and said, okay, this person's good at fundraising. This person's good at having calls made. Another one is good at doing mailings. Come, someone else comes up with promotional suggestions. Uh, one person who's terrific with numbers is the, is the treasurer. So everybody has a function. Uh, we put in financial controls when I originally came in because years ago, people were just writing checks willy-nilly. Um, so one of the things that we had to do was put in those controls. So I think having a sense that the financial stability is there, that everyone is performing a function and that each one of our board members has people in turn to reach out to in the community, business owners and other community members to get help um, so that we can complete these projects. Some of the projects we work on are very long-term, very time-consuming, labor-intensive. So we wanna make sure that we can uh, support all of the programs that we're looking to do and looking to expand on. Very good, Len? What about you? Um, uh, similar that um, uh, it would be wonderful if we could find uh, our biggest problem is finding people who want to volunteer for our board of uh, directors that are willing to put in the work and not just have ideas for the people that are already on my board to uh, for, for us to carry through. We need, we need the people who have the great ideas and that are willing to work the ideas to chair those events so that we can get you know more things done. You know, I've worked with a lot of chambers on Long Island, and I would say in 90% of the cases, the work gravitates to five, seven people. Mm -hmm. It's not unusual. And there are chambers where they've got a massive board of directors that's active, but that's unusual. Mm. And I think, uh, Lionel, as you probably experienced, uh, I know for a long time you were you and a handful of guys were doing a lot of work in Hicksville and David, same thing for you at HWBA. Sure. But you know what, it's, it's, it's a learning experience. 
It's a what? And I, I've even told some young people, if you want to learn how to run a business, it's a learning experience. Learn. I tell young people, if you want to learn how to run a business, go volunteer at a chamber of commerce or another civic or, or some type of organization, take a leadership role. You'll learn real quick and it'll be something you can carry on through life. Yeah, that's true. Um, Lan, a question for either or both of our guests here uh, this morning. Um, how have you guys been successful in maintaining such a large uh, membership and uh you know um we find uh that our membership are always saying what are we going to do for them next uh, as when they rejoin and it's uh become a, a sorry uh message that we always every year have to repeat the same thing of what the chamber is doing for you not to quote jfk but you know it's more what you know you can do for your chamber to help your business, your organization out, um, because it's it's everybody in everybody's best interest to be successful. But it's hard to get people to join. Right. How do you how do you get how are you guys so successful in being able to maintain a two hundred and fifty membership uh, organization? Well, when when uh, I started, um, we were in a rebuilding period. Um, we had just, we were right in the middle of Hurricane Sandy. Um, one of the things, I basically am kind of the face of this, and everybody knows me. We have a, we, we constantly are on Facebook. We discovered that we could get a lot of free or near free advertising on social media. Um, so we do that. We've also gotten the newspapers to contribute uh, some free advertising. One of the other things that I did is looked around the community to figure who could help us get new members so that I can't, you know, I don't have to do it all. And other people we have, um, one of the people we were very successful at um, is um, Linda Kreisman, who was our central council PTA president for years. She knew everyone in town, all the families, the businesses, the country club people, the professionals, her husband, uh, Bird is my dentist. And I begged her. And finally, when both of her kids had gone off to college, uh, we invited her to a meeting and said, you're trapped. You're now going to be working on membership with us. Um, and she was able to enlist uh, uh, Terry Valenti Moore, who I know for years, um, and uh, a couple of other people. So they've got their group. So we all work together. Sometimes we found that a potential member may not like the presentation that one of the people makes. So we report back to each other and say, hey, you know what? I didn't have any luck with ABC Automotive. Why don't we send Linda or send Terry or send John? And, um, but I think basically constantly having our name out there on a daily basis and constantly promoting the events that we do with the community and the schools and the police department uh, and the soccer club and things of this nature, uh, they see us there all the time. We're constantly in the newspaper. Um, one of the things that I think is great for membership is any event that you guys can do, get the local paper down there and let the people see that you're doing these things. We sometimes are featured three or four times in the, in the National Herald in one week. And the, you know, when I studied advertising at Pace many years ago, my professor said, repetition is the key. Right. So that, that's something that we've been very successful at. 
Yeah, for Hicksville, again, we're now executive director, but when I started, we're talking 2008, 2009, and myself and the executive director at the time, Stephanie Sicanis, we actually went door to door. And we started off, I think we had about 125 members, and I think we went up to almost 450 just by us going out there. But you'll notice that very few chambers can sustain very high numbers for a long period of time. Our mm -hmm. chamber's been there since 1926. So I can just imagine what's gone on, gone on over the decades, but we have members that have been there for quite some time and also other past presidents. So you, it, it ebbs and it flows. But as you mentioned, you know, businesses are always, what have you done for us lately? And you need to get them involved. And it was different for me because I don't live in the area. I actually don't even live in the county. And I got involved in the community council. I got involved in the local, local Rotary Club and the Qantas and all these other organizations to the point where all those other members, when they went into a business, they would say, hey, did you guys join the chamber? Why haven't you joined the chamber? So we had other people out there speaking for us. And right. like Dan said, we ended up being the, 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 the mayor's office for everything. No matter what happened, everybody would always call the chamber expecting and demanding answers. I remember one lady, she thought I was actually an elected official. I was like, yeah, go ask my wife. She'll tell you totally differently. But again, you're that local contact and that's what people look for. And yeah. when I started, I actually did some research on what a chamber of commerce does other than a business organization. And the position holds a lot of prestige and people will look for you to that. So you need to go up there and say, listen, it's not that much per year. Just join us for the heck of it. If you can come down, great. We'll have an event at your place. It's some of the least expensive marketing anybody can do. And if you notice some places, if you look across the country, you can't even do anything unless you're a member of the Chamber of Commerce. So you just got to keep going out there because sooner or later, those businesses, they're going to need something. They're going to need right. something from you and they're going to come. Thank you. Lionel, uh, you told a story uh, when you were last on the program last June. Um, you have a large South Asian population yes. in Hicksville. And you told a story on the show, which I thought was great, that you went and you joined the South Asian Rotary Club. Yep. So you could get out there and in front of that population and make your pitch for the chamber. And they got to know you. They felt comfortable with you. And as a result, you ended up, uh, you know, uh, appealing to that whole population of your business district as well. And it's funny because, again, different uh, cultures, they actually started their own chamber, which was fine. I'm a member of that one, too. But we work, we work hand in hand. We work hand in hand. And again, it's just trying to be able to adapt. Um, when you look at some of the things, especially in today's world, and I can talk to one of their chair people, and he goes, I'm an American, and this is my community too, and I live here, and I own a business here. And he's very proud of that. And that carries throughout the entire community. And you get that respect, and more and more people want to, want to join. They are always looking for something for themselves, and they come and go. But as long as you can keep a decent membership number and keep some funds in there to be able to do more and more for the community, that's what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. David, what about you? Questions for our guest here? Um, I was going to actually ask both of the gentlemen what they feel is the most difficult part right now of, of uh, uh, you know, running a chamber uh, during, during the whole COVID crisis. I mean, what, are they, what would they say is the, the most difficult thing that they're experiencing right now? I'll jump in on that one. It's meeting the needs of your members. But... Uh... Fortunately, uh, with my day job, I'm actually be able to do both. And it's just really tough to be able to meet those needs because you can't see each other face to face. You know, you can place a phone call 
Um, maybe if they're on a Zoom meeting, but again, it's it's still making those connections. Fortunately, I've been around for such a long time. I still get a lot of phone calls, so I can still try to help as much as possible. But just trying to meet those needs, you know, when you've got somebody who's been around for years and they're having the financial difficulties and you did everything you can to get more people to go down there and patronize, it, it's tough. It's tough. But I, I've just been very keen on being able to try to meet those business needs because I'm a business owner and it's, it's, it's a challenge. Len? Um, well, uh, for, for us, um, right in the beginning of COVID, we had a, had a board meeting and um, with everybody falling on hard times, uh, especially the businesses, uh, my bo board voted uh, that we should not um, have membership dues due this year. Um, and uh, trying to find enough funds right now to maintain the chamber is a, is a big challenge. Uh, there are a couple of businesses uh, that have, you know, generously uh, donated, you know, their normal membership dues to the uh, organization, which definitely helps. But my fear is, you know, getting through the rest of the year uh, with enough funds to keep uh, the chamber solvent. But one of the things you're saying that Len said is true. What, what we did is um, obviously we didn't want to start hounding people, you know, being that I'm a collector, uh, you know, for, for dues right in the middle of the pandemic, you know, the crisis going on. So we basically gave everybody um, an additional four months uh, without bugging them for dues. It just, we felt it wasn't appropriate in the middle of, you know, March, April, May to be contacting people saying, hey, you need to send, even though it's $125, you know, it's not a lot of money. Uh, but, you know, for businesses that were closed at the time or having terrible financial difficulties, we didn't think it was appropriate. We do have money in the bank. Um, we obviously do want to get more dues, more members in for more programs, but we just thought it would just be a good idea to just, you know, kind of relax on the um, dues collection, you know, for a while. Good idea. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I'd like to give our guests an opportunity to talk about uh, what they do when they're not running their business group. Uh, Len, I know you're a Locust Valley retailer. Can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about your day job? Uh, sure. When I am not working for the chamber, um, I run a uh, retail jewelry store uh, in Locust Valley. We've been here since 19... 79. Uh, my dad had uh, started this company back in probably 1961, I think is the year, um, in the Manhattan Diamond District. And we moved here, as I said, in 79. Um, we're a local jewelry store uh, selling, you know, preci precious gems and diamonds and jewelry, meeting the needs of uh, any person, uh, what they need for jewelry in terms of repairs, restoration new products, uh, engagement rings, uh, and wedding bands. Uh, it's a big part of our business. Um, and we'd love to find new clients and hopefully with, like I said, with all the new people moving from Manhattan to here, we'll uh, get some new clients in. Okay, David, uh, 30 seconds here. I know personally you put in countless hours with the uh, HWBA, but uh, what do you do when you're not immersed in that role? Well, uh, for my, out of my 17 volunteer jobs, I do have one paying job. And, uh, uh, you know, my business, as you know, is DBF Collection Corp. We're a collection agency. Um, over the years, I've been doing this 40 years. 
Um, we developed into a niche kind of a business where we primarily, uh, right now we got about 80% of our business is doing collection work and credit and litigation work for the very high-end real estate companies in Manhattan. Um, we have people who live in our areas on the island and own homes, but they also rent apartments and office space in Manhattan. And that now, as I said, is about 80% of our business is, is representing these companies. It's, it's very labor intensive. It's, it's also a lot of fun. Uh, it's you know interesting, someday I'll write a book. And um, I'm glad that my business enables me to support these other things. As you know, the soccer club and working with the school endowment fund, and we do a lot of community service projects. Uh, also working on the police commissioner's council and many other local things. So since I'm working in an office, I'm not in a retail store, uh, you know, I can turn to my helper and say, hey, I'm running out to do something. Uh, we do a lot of ribbon cuttings, as you know, we're in the paper, you know, except for the COVID crisis. Every week, I will pop out of the office and do a ribbon cutting uh, for a new business and support new businesses coming into the area and encourage them. Okay, I might ask the question, when do you sleep? But uh, <laughs> I don't doubt you get some sleep. Yeah, 2 to 5 a.m. All right. Lionel, <laughs> uh, we go back a ways. Uh, you, have a new, you have a new position since uh, you were last on our program, as you recently took on a vital role with Nassau County. Uh, while we got a final minute here, can you talk about your job and any initiatives you might be working on? Yes, I'm the uh, current executive director for the Nassau County Office of Minority Affairs. Uh, we deal mainly with minority women-owned businesses as far as their certification process to help them uh, get contracts with Nassau County and any other entities. Uh, we focus on economic issues, social issues, entrepreneurship. We just had a great um, how to start your own business webinar last night, uh, last week with the SW, um, I'm sorry, the SBDC great presentation. And again, just trying to meet the needs of uh, business owners across Nassau County to help educate them. Um, I will say COVID put us to task greatly, uh, trying to get as much information as we can. I know way too much about the SBA's idle loans and the paycheck protection than I ever want to. But again, these are the things that people needed. So it's kind of like a chamber, but a little bit, a lot bigger a lot bigger. So we definitely keep active. And again, it's the networking portion, the meeting people, looking at these small businesses, trying to uplift people. I always say, if you want to bring up a, a community or people, it's either spiritually, whether it's uh, religious or self-improvement and or economically to help them be able to generate re enough revenue to be able to take care of themselves and their families. Because at the end of the day, that's what most of us want to do. Special thanks to my three guests today. Lionel Chitty, you just heard from him. He's the executive director of the Hicksville Chamber of Commerce. Lynn Margolis joined us today, president of the Locust Valley Chamber of Commerce. And David Friedman was back. He's the president of the Hewlett Woodmere Business Association. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by Maptoons Long Island Chamber Maps. And as a reminder, Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. You can visit WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. Special thanks to my good friend, station manager, and engineer throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Dan Cox. My name is Mark Snyder. Up next, it's Project Independence and you. Enjoy the weekend.